Today, we are delighted to be joined by a special guest, Mr. Tim Sheehy, president of the Milwaukee Metropolitan Association of Commerce, which we call MMAC, the largest chamber of commerce in the Milwaukee seven-county area, representing southeastern Wisconsin region. Tim also serves on the board of the Milwaukee Development Corporation, as chair of the Milwaukee Economic Development Corporation, and as director of the state of Wisconsin's investment board. Welcome, Tim. Glad you could join us and be part of this discussion around economic development. Thank you, Shaitania. Great to be with you. So tell us, Tim, a bit more about yourself, how you got started in your business, um, how you find the time to wear so many different hats. Well, I I think that uh, kind of the base of the business is that I um, love the prospects of of improving Milwaukee um, just as a citizen of the community. Um, And MMAC is an organization uh, whose vision has really been steady for the past 160 years. And the goal is is to help the region become globally competitive, to make sure that we have high value jobs that support a vibrant quality of life for all. And so it's uh, really a pleasure to come to work every day uh, to support that mission and work with, uh, you know, so many great organizations like Employ Milwaukee uh, to go out um, and make sure that uh, we continue to provide the citizens and the businesses of Milwaukee with the opportunity to fulfill their potential. Absolutely. And just thinking back to this whole um, coronavirus and the COVID-19 pandemic caught everyone off guard, you know, how has this affected your MMAC members and and how have they been able to deal with it? Well, I I think the challenge uh, for all of us has been to balance safety, health, community, and economy. And those are all, I think, interrelated objectives. But the challenge with COVID-19 is uh, it is a kind of, it has been a looming public health crisis uh, that's also led to a significant impact on the economy. And again, some of that has less to do with, you know, safer at home and some of the government restrictions and more to do with consumer and employee confidence. And if you just look at the statistics for Milwaukee, for Metro Milwaukee between March and April, uh, we lost almost 108,000 jobs, yeah. uh, and that uh, that amounts to about uh, a 12% drop uh, in our um, in our employment in our workforce. Uh, and so, of the top 50 markets, uh, Detroit lost uh, almost 24% of its workforce uh, as the you know as the biggest uh, impact, and then uh, Birmingham and Oklahoma City about 8.6%. So. We're um, somewhere in the middle, probably doing a little better than the average, but this has clearly been a challenge that I haven't seen in the 30 or 40 years of of my business career, and it's uh, tested all of us. Oh, absolutely. Words cannot even describe how, you know, people are trying to adjust. That's businesses, agencies, uh, individuals within the community. And as you know, I was reading somewhere that MMAC and the Medical College of Wisconsin and M7 released an online toolkit to help businesses identify risk and implement health and safety procedures to protect the employees and customers. Can you tell us a little more about the toolkit and how it has been received by businesses? Sure. And what we've tried to do is, um, you know, move with our members and move the business community and first address the crisis uh, then second, focus on the recovery, and then third, focus on the new normal. And so as companies came through this crisis and started to recover and then begin to look at operating, 
uh, in the new normal, which is really defined until we have a vaccine for COVID-19. We wanted to put together a toolkit to help employers, and it's called a smart restart smart business. And it really provides businesses with tools to look at the uh, safety of their workplace for their employees, the safety of their workplace for customers that come in contact, and then just kind of the physical presence. And so it provides employers with some really good best-in-class examples in each of those areas, uh, provides links to information, pairs them up with other resources if they're looking for protective equipment for their employees or customers that visit their workplaces. Uh, And so it's really designed to be um, a place in which a company can go uh, and get their questions answered as they um, relaunch their business, as they open, and as they, again, operate for some time in this new new normal. Right. You talk about the new normal after the post-pandemic. So what kind of businesses do you believe can drive under these circumstances and which businesses may struggle to regain their footing as a result of the crisis? Because everything we hear about um, on the news is that there potentially could be another wave of this. Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think uh, when you you look at this, uh, again, from the perspective of the employee and the consumer, um, you know, recent polling that we've done still show that, you know, 72% of um, the public still feels concerned that they or someone they know is going to be infected. Um, and so if you think about that, that translates uh, very directly into uh, their confidence to go to work. About 49% are, feel that uh, they would return to work, but only 41% feel like they're going to eat in a restaurant. Uh, 23% uh, feel like they can, uh, they feel comfortable flying on a plane or going to a movie. Um, and so what you're going to see is that the industries, hospitality, restaurants, uh, airline travel, conventions, that kind of industry is going to be very slow to come back. Uh, because people are concerned uh, about the spread of coronavirus and about, um, you know, getting it themselves. So they're going to avoid uh, those kinds of uh, venues uh, where you're seeing other businesses that can do a better job of managing that interaction probably come back faster. Uh, And so the bottom line here, I really think, is that employee and consumer confidence are going to drive how the recovery progresses going forward. Workforce development boards are business-led. More than half of our board is comprised of employers, and we're continuously reevaluating our employment and training needs to best align with in-demand industries, occupations, and the skills needed. So in your estimation, what type of talent will businesses need now during this COVID-19 crisis, and then just projecting a little bit beyond this time five to 10 years out. You know, prior to this, we were all set using a lot of the economic data to do um, business projections, um, um, what types of occupation will be needed in the next 10 years. How do you believe the COVID-19 has changed that? Well, in some respects it has, and in some respects it hasn't. So, you know, I I remind myself that, uh, you know, probably only a short three or four months ago uh, in Metro Milwaukee, we were looking at an unemployment rate of around 3%. Uh, We had about 35,000 unfilled job openings, um, and we have about 10,000 people a day turning 65. So you had more people leaving the workforce that were, than were entering, and you had some uh, really vibrant pinch points in terms of uh, companies being able to find the talent they need. Uh, we've gone through three months of COVID now. We've got 107,000 people 
that have been furloughed or laid off or out of work. And so what I think is going to return, uh, maybe not as quickly as everybody hopes, but I think we're going to find ourselves back in that talent crunch uh, that uh, was here three months ago. And again, the demographics aren't going to change. Mm -hmm. So uh, what companies are going to continue to need to do is focus on upskilling their current talent. Um, and we see that uh, not only from a company's perspective, but from an individual perspective, that the, the more credentials, the more more um, experience, uh, and the more um, uh, skill sets that you can add, the more valuable you become. Uh, and and so I think we're going to see a, a a continued emphasis by companies on upskilling and. Um, improving the skills of the folks that they have uh, so they become uh, adaptable to the needs of the business going forward. So again, very challenging time, but I think we're going to return uh, to the point where we have a, a really pressing need in the workforce. Prior to COVID-19, the greater Milwaukee area appeared to be one of the hottest areas in the country for economic development with very high profile projects such as the new Northwestern Mutual Corporate Office Building, uh, the new Pfizer Forum Arena, the 2020 uh, Democratic National Convention. We had Komatsu Manufacturing Headquarters here and many other projects were all landing here. So have we actually turned the corner as a legitimate tier one business and, or employer environment or destination? And if not, what else is needed for us to reach that status? Well, I, I think that, again, Milwaukee has uh, seen a very good renaissance, but it certainly hasn't spread equally across the community. And the challenges before, during, and after COVID are to make sure that um, we have prosperity spreading across the community um, and not just kind of isolated in certain pockets like downtown. So right. I think it remains a big concern uh, that we have a um, significant uh, gap in prosperity across the community by neighborhood and also by race. Um, and we need to make sure that we have equitable access to good education uh, because Milwaukee is not going to reach its potential and we're not going to fill those job openings um, if we don't engage more of the community and, and more of the diverse community that we have and the e economic opportunities that are here. That is so true. So what advice would you give job seekers who have experienced temporary or permanent job loss because of the pandemic? Well, I, I think in some cases, the, the upskilling and the flexibility to move from industries that have been impacted to industries that are growing. Um, you know, and Amazon is a vibrant example of that. Uh, there are others uh, that have been growing in this uh, area while other companies have closed. Um, I know right now that uh, Foxconn is looking for 100 to 150 people uh, right now to um, help them uh, produce masks and ventilators, two, pro two products that they weren't producing. Uh, so again, the adaptability of the individual um, and having the skill sets to do that is important. And it's also important for employers to invest uh, in, in that capacity also. So uh, they aren't impacted by um, a workforce that doesn't move with their needs. And lastly, as you know, Employ Milwaukee has a strong portfolio of youth and reentry programming. And we're always continuously looking for opportunities to prepare youth for the world of work and find job placements for our clients. 
how should youth best prepare to enter the workforce and what makes them marketable to employers? And the other part to that is, and what job opportunities might be available for individuals who were previously involved with the criminal justice system based on your experience? Yeah, let me start with the last part of that question. I think that employers, again, uh, I go back to the 35,000 job openings and that employers have become much more enlightened and much more flexible in dealing with people that have come through the criminal justice system and found many of those folks to be great workers um, and, and again, adapting to uh, the experiences of those uh, potential employees. Um, and again, I see that uh, continuing in terms of, you know, folks coming out of school. I, I think it's always challenging for any young people to really zero in and understand kind of exactly where their skill sets fit or what kind of jobs might be out there. So I think it's a large part just exposing themselves to lots of different opportunities um, to absorb as much uh, education as they can. Um, And then I think it's a process of really sorting out more of what you don't like to do and finding more of what you like to do in each successive opportunity or job. Uh, And again, for young people coming in, the demographics are very much in their favor. Um, Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people leaving the workforce that are creating openings for people uh, with the aptitude and skills to come in. Thank you for sharing your insights with us today. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Do you have any parting words that you want to leave our listeners with? Well, resiliency would be my parting word. Uh, Milwaukee has been resilient. Um, and I think that's because its citizens have been. Um, and I know that as an organization, uh, we've been through a civil war, the Great Depression, two world wars, uh, 9-11, and now COVID-19. And so I think this is a very resilient community. Its citizens are very resilient, and that's going to uh, put us in, on good footing for the future. Thanks for listening to Workforce Insights, where workforce development is our business. Make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about Employ Milwaukee, visit www.employmilwaukee.org. That's www.employmilwaukee.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next time with a new episode.